So in Christ, we don't have to just rely on ourselves to do everything and to fulfill everything that we want or we dream or, or, or the things, the aspirations that are within our heart. It's not just all left up to us. We have Christ in our lives speaking to us and directing us, encouraging us through, our, through His Word and through the Spirit so that our confidence doesn't just rely on who we think we are and what we're doing, but on who He is and what He's doing. Because we, our confidence can go up and down depending on ourselves and how we're feeling, our emotions. One day we can feel on top of the world and then something happens or we get some news or, or the boss says something and all of a sudden it's like oh, our confidence is gone or, or some change happens in our life that begins to undermine our confidence about well, where we thought we were going or what we were doing. And so it's so important that, our, that we have a confidence that isn't, uh, mutable like that. It, it can't change with the shifting of, of circumstances and events. That There's a confidence in our heart that carries us through no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, no matter what is uh, moving in our world, that our confidence is based in the fact that Jesus Christ never changes. That his heart and his attitude towards you never changes. And that his hopes, his desires, his aspirations for you, your life, your family, and your future never, ever changes. That's good news, isn't it? Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. And so he says in his word that he gives us, he doesn't give us a spirit of timidity. He actually gives us a spirit of confidence. That's my interpretation of that scripture. When he says, I give you a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline, what he's saying is, I'm giving you attributes that you can have confidence in to know that you can do what I've asked you to do. I haven't given you a spirit of fear. I haven't given you a spirit of timidity. So you shouldn't be taking a step back. You shouldn't be ashamed. You shouldn't be afraid. You shouldn't feel overwhelmed by the things that I've put, the places that I've put you in and the things that I'm calling you to. Because if you know that I'm the one that has called you into that place, then you know that I'll be the one that will supply everything that you need to get to where you need to go in Jesus' name. And so our confidence can be assured no matter what happens, no matter what changes, no matter what shifts in the world or in our life, that things are working together for good. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So I haven't preached for a while. I'm just getting it all out. <laughs> 2 Timothy 1 7, as I said, says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Fear is the worst thing that we can use to make decisions for our life. When we make decisions based on fear, they're never good decisions. Ever good decisions. Because if we're going to do what we feel we want to do, if we want to achieve what we feel like God's called us to achieve, if we want to take the ground, then we can't be uh, shrinking back, afraid, disconcerted and timid about what's going to happen. We've got to be feeling bold and confident to step out. Because if you're going to take ground, if you're going to move forward, if you're going to make changes, you've got to be feeling confident about it. Confidence is the fuel that causes you to shift and move forward out of your comfort zone. And so we're reading in this scripture and, and, um, and the writer of the book of Hebrews, many people say it's Paul, I think it's Paul, but anyway, that's another question. Hebrews 10 says, do not cast away your confidence. He's writing to a church. He's writing to new believers in Israel 
And he's saying, don't cast away your confidence. So you've got to ask the question, what would cause you as a believer to cast away your confidence? If all the scriptures that Jesus has given us are true, why would they cast off their confidence? Why would he even have to address the issue? Well, I've found that in my life, I don't need to cast away my confidence. It seems to go all on its own. <laughs> and so these Hebrew believers had found themselves, and they were living in a time where they were living under tremendous pressure. Tremendous pressure internally and, pre- pre- uh, and uh, tremendous pressure externally. Internally, because they'd stepped out of what they'd known, they'd come out of their comfort zone, they were moving into a whole new world, they'd, they'd stepped out in faith into this Christ place and what Christ was calling them to, and they were getting opposition and challenges, and they were thinking, well, what are we doing? Have we made the right decision in stepping out and following Christ? Have we made the right decision in putting our hope in this Jesus and listening to what he said and leaving our past behind, leaving our confidence behind, leaving our assurance behind and stepping out on these waters into a whole new life? Because now they're finding there's opposition. Now they're finding it's not easy. It's not, uh, there's challenges to following this Christ. And all of a sudden they're starting to think, have we done the right thing? Are we in the right place? And the writer, Paul or whoever of Hebrews says, hey, don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Anybody that's tried to do anything, anybody that's tried to step out knows what the writer to the Hebrews is talking about. When you leave the familiar, when you leave the known, when you leave the comfortable because Jesus Christ fills your head with all these kind of visions about a better life, a better way, a better hope, a better reason for living than the low level, base level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs that we get to a whole nother purpose, value, significance of living our life. Anybody that's ever tried to live at that level knows that it's not easy. There's challenges, there's difficulties. And at times you're thinking, wow, have I done the right thing stepping out? Have I done the right thing taking this thing on? Am I in the right place? When things get hard, when things aren't working out the way we'd hoped, or your supporters even start to question what you're doing, it's easy to lose your confidence. It's easy to begin to second guess what you're doing. In a, uh, just a natural uh, analogy, again, if we go back to sports, when you know, teams have done their practices, they've done their drills, they've, they've done their homework, they've worked, and then they get in the game and things aren't working out, all of a sudden it's very easy to throw away the game plan. Someone has a brain explosion. They think, oh, I'll, I'll do this. And sometimes they become the hero, sometimes they become the villain. But it's very easy when you're under pressure circumstances are bringing pressure on your life, whether it be financially, whether it be time-wise, whether it be with uh, other, other factors within your world, to begin this question, why have I done this? Why have I put myself under this pressure? Why have I taken this step? And the Hebrew Christians were, that's exactly what they were thinking. They were getting opposition from the Jews, who they were once a part of. And they were stepping out into the unknown, 
holding on to a promise that Christ had made, wanting to live their life a whole different new way at a higher level. And they're internally, they've got questions because it's hard and difficult and externally they're getting opposition. And if you've been following Christ for any period of time, you'll know exactly what that feels like. And so this message is for you this morning. Your confidence, which propelled you out in the first place, when you face opposition, when difficulty comes, you know, you can feel it leaving you like sweat on a hot day. It's just, it's just oozing out. You can almost feel it leaving your body. You step out financially to start a business. You invest time, energy, money, and then it's not quite working the way you'd hope. And all you see is your bills racking up. All of a sudden you see the finances rolling over. All of a sudden you see the black numbers turning to red numbers. And it can eat away at your confidence. Did I really hear from God? Have I really made the right decision? Did I do my homework? Is this what I'm meant to be doing? Second guessing what we're doing. Anyone who has stepped out in faith, as I said, reached out for something new, to take new ground, to do something significant, knows this feeling. When you step into something new, it's, it's new. <laughs> it's not familiar. It's different. But if you want to improve, if you want to go forward, if you want to advance, you will face resistance. Anyone ever tried to lose weight? <laughs> you start, you make a decision, I'm going to lose weight. All of a sudden, every ad on TV is about food. Everyone you see around you is eating food. All you ever think about is food. <laughs> you didn't realize there was so much food around till you decide, I'm not going to take so much of it. All of a sudden, you start to get internal pressure. All of a sudden, things start to come from you, advertising things from the outside because you've decided to make a change. Whenever you decide to make a change, you're going to get resistance from the inside. Ever tried fasting? You do any, it's the same thing when you're fasting. All of a Things start to change. Make a decision, I'm going to get fit. All of a sudden, there's a plethora of things in your calendar all of a sudden. I was going to go running. I don't have time. I was going to get up and swim. I don't have time. All these things, all these activities, all these things, they were always there. You just never noticed them. But as soon as you try and fit something new in, you try and take a step out, it's like, wow, I'm, I'm getting resistance. I'm getting challenges to this decision that I've made. You make a decision to get out of debt. All of a sudden, you see all the things you want. <laughs> well, I can just go and buy them on my credit card. Resistance. Whenever you want to change, whenever you want to go forward, whenever you want to, whenever you want to take ground, you've got to be ready. You decide to get up early, pray in the mornings. You set the alarm. Never felt so tired in my entire life. <laughs> oh, is that the time? <laughs> reading the Bible. You know, you set a plan to read the Bible. All of a sudden, there's opposition to that. You step out to get involved in church. Maybe run a connect group. Get involved in leadership. Host a dinner party. All of a sudden, all these things start coming up. All these reasons why you can't do more. All these reasons why you can't get involved. All these reasons why you can't go to another level. I don't know how many times in church life over the last 16 years running this church where... 
you know, someone comes to church and they get saved and maybe they've come out of a broken relationship. Oftentimes that's the case. And they come to church, they give their lives to Christ. They're on fire for God. Things are happening. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'll be talking to them. They'll go, oh, wow, God's answered my prayer. My partner wants to get back together again. And I'm like, well, depending on what the relationship's like, I'm like, that's awesome. But so often, it's just the devil. Because they're getting their life right with Christ, and all of a sudden, and more times than not, they're like, oh, I want to get back together, but I don't want you to go into that church thing because I'm not into that. And then they've got to make a decision. Am I going to choose this new way, this new life, this thing that I see, what Christ is offering, or am I going to go back to the old, the familiar? It may not be the best thing, but it's the thing I know. It's the thing I'm assured about. That's the challenge that we have to break out of the familiar. You hear that saying, better the devil I know. What about no devil? (laughs) What about not having a devil at all? (laughs) Leaving the devil behind. Taking hold of something Christ has got for you in the future. Um, So how do you push through the challenges, the circumstances? And what appears to be at times a a negative momentum in our life as we step out, as we try and take hold of more, as we try and live our lives for Christ. I want to look at a couple of things here this morning in the Scriptures. Number one is, if you want to break through, if you want to take a hold of the things that God has for you, if you want to move into new ground, to leave the old life behind and take a hold of the life that Christ has offered you, Number one, you've got to realize that resistance and opposition are normal. It's not abnormal. It is normal. God is always giving us opportunities to move forward in life. Opportunities are not the issue. Taking hold of those, opposi- of those uh, opportunities is the issue. It's God's desire that you would grow and reach your full potential. That's why Christ came to fill us with His Holy Spirit, to fulfill His purpose and His plan and the potential that He placed within us. And any time we take a step forward, the enemy of our life, the devil, will bring opposition, whether it's internally questioning what we're doing. You know, you step out, all of a sudden all these questions that come, oh, should I be doing that? What have I done? I've messed up. Or externally people coming and saying stuff or circumstances not aligning themselves with what we'd sort of hoped, envisioned and planned. And it's like, oh, wow, our confidence begins to go. But we've got to realize once we hear a word from God, once we've got assurance about what we're doing and we step out, that there's going to be resistance and opposition. That's the sign that you're taking ground. That's the sign that you're moving forward. That's the sign that you're moving into the things that God has got for you. I love the scripture that Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 16, 9. It says this, A wide door has been opened to me, and with it are many adversaries. I love the fact that he doesn't say, A wide door has been opened to me, but there's many adversaries. Because the but would mean he wasn't expecting it. Oh, there's a wide door. But look at all the problems. Look at all the issues. Look at all the things. Uh, He goes, a wide door is open, 
And there's many adversaries. In other words, there's the sign that I'm going in the right direction. The adversaries are there. The problems are there. The issues are there. The, the uh, opposition is there. But there's a wide door and I'm going through in Jesus' name. If Jesus has opened the door, he'll give you everything you need to do what he's called you to do in Jesus. Yeah, come on, let's give the Lord a hand this morning. A wide door. I'm telling you, there is a wide door before some of you here this morning. A wide open door that Jesus Christ has opened before you to take a hold of things, to come out of the past, take a hold of a new life, to leave the past behind, to begin to build a new hope and a new future and a new life, taking a hold of a promised land you've seen in the Bible. It's there for you right now. Confidence that God is going to follow you through. And if you've already begun to step towards it and you're facing opposition, you're facing questions and uncertainties in your mind, realize that that's just part of the territory. That's part of taking ground. That's part of doing what God's called you to do. In Romans 13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Paul knew that because he wrote it. He knew that Christ was giving him the strength that he needed to walk through the open door that had been opened before him. Whether it's educationally, whether it's family, whether it's career, whether it's your business, whether it's uh, emotional, whatever it is, there's open doors. Don't ever say, oh, I don't have any opportunities. Opportunities are everywhere. Sometimes they're dressed up as problems. Sometimes they're dressed up as difficulties. Sometimes they're dressed up as challenges. But they're wide open doors when you can see with the eyes that Jesus Christ gives. So God promises that through Him you can overcome every difficulty and challenge and circumstance that comes before you. Anything that life throws at you, you can deal with through Jesus Christ. That's the confidence that He gives us. That's the assurance that comes through His Word and through His Spirit. Yes, it's hard sometimes. Yes, it's overwhelming sometimes. Yes, we're unsure sometimes. But when we go back to our foundation, when we go back to God's Word, when we let the Holy Spirit speak to us again, we get assurance to know you're on the right track. You can do it. You are going to make it. It is going to be okay. That's what the Word does. God promises that through Him you can overcome. You know, when King David was called to be by God to be the next king, not everybody recognized the fact. I don't know if you've read the story in the Bible about King David. God's spoken to him. It's clear that at times out there that God has spoken about his future and his dreams and... Um, and then, you know, the, the prophet comes and his father doesn't even put him in. Like they're taking applications for king. And the, son's, and the dad's filling out the applications and he doesn't even fill one out for David. Well, he's not going to make it. Let's not even bother. So even though God had a plan for him, it wasn't immediately recognized that that was God's plan for him. That's no reason to give up. That's no reason to stop. Many times in our lives, we'll 
believe in something or step out to achieve something and the people around us won't immediately see it. They won't immediately recognise it. That is okay. You don't need everybody's support and encouragement and agreement. Yes, you need some people speaking in your life going, yes, go for it. Not like, I don't care what anybody says. I'm going for it. That's a recipe for disaster. (laughs) But you don't need every single person telling you, go, 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 so that then when it doesn't work, you can blame them all. It's all your fault. Oftentimes, that's all we're wanting. We're wanting an opportunity to shift the blame if it doesn't work. That's why we want people to agree with us. But if you, if you believe what God's spoken to you, if you know and other significant people in your world has agreed and seen it, then you need to step out even if everybody doesn't agree, even if everybody doesn't see it immediately. Not everybody was excited about David being the king, particularly the current incumbent king. (laughs) And he worked hard to stop God's plan for David coming to pass. But if you know the story, you know that even though it was challenging and difficult and it went on for 10 years, God's purpose prevailed. And in the process, David was built, strengthened, made wise to become the king that God had called him to be. Oftentimes what we see and desire takes longer to come to pass than we had anticipated. When I was in Bible college in 1989, the Lord clearly and on numerous occasions made it abundantly clear to me that he called me to ministry. And I thought that, and I was getting lots of opportunities to preach and I was speaking in many churches and I was away many weekends ministering and I'm thinking this is it we're off we're launching and uh, finished Bible college and I did not get an opportunity to preach for the next 12 years the moment I left Bible college nothing zip no invitations no opportunities outside of I mean I teach taught in the Bible college and other things within Oxford Falls and and did different uh, services there but I'm thinking I'm there it's happening and all of a sudden there's nothing and then I'm starting to think a couple of years in, maybe I've missed it. Maybe, maybe I didn't hear from God. And a lot of other things were going on. I haven't got time to talk about the whole story. But it was 12 years before we were approached to start this church. 12 years later. By the time 12 years had come by, so I was 21, I was, 32, I was 21 in Bible college, I was 32 when we started the church. I didn't care whether the church started or not. (laughs) I was like, whatever. I think sometimes that's the place God's wanting us to get to, where it's no longer about us, it's no longer about our ego, it's no longer about us being the man or the woman or our moment has come for the world to recognise that I am here. And the same thing was true of David. God put him through a process of, fighting for what he believed he was called to do, fighting to be the king. He could have just given up and gone, oh, whatever, uh, run away and gone and done something else. But he continued to believe. And I, I continued to believe at some point it would happen, and, but I left it in God's hands. And eventually it happened. And so David is a, is a prime example of the fact that 
we must realize that resistance and opportunity, uh, resistance and opposition are normal when you're walking in a God-given destiny. The devil will resist anything that's of God. It's not you, it's the God within you that he is resisting. And so you've got to realize that comes with the territory. Number two, number one, resistance and opposition is normal. Number two, you've got to focus on the future. God is constantly trying to plant new seeds of victory inside of you, inside of me. He's constantly trying to plant those seeds within our heart. He's trying to increase and enlarge our vision. Always trying to build us up. Always trying to expand our thinking and our vision and our hopes for the future. He wants us, he wants us to live in every area of our life at, in victory to overcome. But in order for this to happen, the seed of change has to take root in our heart. We've got to believe, despite the circumstances at times, that this is the right thing, that this is the way God desires it to be. Before you're ever going to be successful, you have to see yourself successful. You've got to believe that that's part of God's calling for your life. Before your dreams come to pass, You've got to be able to see those fulfilled through the eyes of faith. The Bible says we do not walk by what we see, but by what we believe. That is the difference between an unsaved person and a saved person. We walk by what we believe, by what we see, not by what we, by what we see with our eyes of our heart, not with what we see with our natural eyes. 2 Corinthians 5.17 now we look inside and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone, a new life burgeons. I love that word, burgeons, burgeoning. That's what God has for you. Do you believe it? Do you believe that Christ has a burgeoning life laid out before you? Or do you just see a desert? Or do you just see the giants and not the promised land? It's so important that our focus is on the future that God has for us and not on the problems that we're dealing with right now. In order to defeat the enemy in your life, you have to stay focused on God's promises. If we focus on the problems, the problems is all we'll see. If we focus on God and how big He is, then the problems become insignificant in comparison to the God that we serve. So what are you looking at? What are you focused on? Are you focused on the problems, the opposition and the challenges? Or on the God who said all things are possible for those who believe? The God who said nothing will be impossible for you. The God who says greater is He who is in you than He who is in the world. The one who said lots of other things. <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots of other things <laughs> so number one realize that opposition is part of the territory secondly focus on the future focus on the promise not on the problems not on the difficulties and the third point develop a restoration mentality part of moving forward part of fighting for your future is sometimes you go forward and then sometimes you lose a bit of ground. The devil will come in and he'll take some ground off you and you can feel like it's all over. 
I've lost. You may have lost that battle, but you're still winning the war. The war's been won through Jesus Christ. You have to have a restoration mentality. The Bible says in Joel chapter 2, I will restore the years that the locust has eaten, and I will bring you out with plenty, and you shall be satisfied. God wants us to live a satisfied life. When we get to the end of our days, we can say, it wasn't an easy life, but it was a satisfying life. It was a life of significance and value and purpose. And I was living for something beyond just meeting my own needs. I had a purpose in my life. You develop a restoration mentality that no matter what the devil has taken and no matter what he tries to take, Jesus Christ, if I keep on track, is going to restore it back. Whether it's money, whether it's relationships, whether it's um, other challenges and difficulties that we deal with, there is a cost to following Christ. There is a sacrificial element in putting Christ first in our lives. But Jesus promises that no sacrifice that you make will be greater than the promises that I make to you. That if you follow me and if you put me first and if you live for me, yes, it's going to cost you. But the reward is going to be so much greater than what it has cost you. So maybe you're here today and you know God's calling you to step out. You've been challenged and you've been stirred to go to another level of commitment, another level of dedication, another level of focus when it comes to what God is calling you to do, to rise up, to blaze a new trail, to step out of fear. Today's your day. Today's your defining moment to say, you know what, today's the day and I'm stepping into it. I'm going to step into it today. I know there's going to be resistance. I know there's going to be some opposition. I know there's going to be some challenges. I'm aware of it, but I'm also aware that the God that I'm following is far greater than anything that I'm going to face here today. Maybe you're here today and you have stepped out once before and you failed. It didn't work out. Maybe a business. You felt like God called you to start a business and it and it failed. Maybe it went bankrupt. Maybe you lost money. Or maybe in a relationship. You say, I've trusted people before. I've trusted someone before with my heart, with my life. And, it, and I'm broken. I'm still dealing with the pain of that. And Jesus is saying to trust again. If you're going to take a hold of what I've got for you, you have to learn to forgive and to trust again. To hold on again, to reach out again, to open up again through the power of His Spirit. Stepped out in business, stepped out in a relationship, taken a chance before and it didn't work. I want to encourage you here today with all the faith that you have in Jesus Christ, if He's calling you forward, upward and onward to take that step today. To let Jesus bring healing. Healing does not come outside of the process of moving forward. You know, many people that I talk to have been through relationships. Maybe they've had a broken marriage or, or been in a long-term relationship that didn't work out. You're talking to them and it's been a while and they go, oh, I'm healed. I'm healed and I'm ready. I go, you're not healed till you enter into another relationship. 
It's in the other relationship that the healing will come. When you've got to deal with the same insecurities, when those same feelings begin to rise up and you've got to confront them then and there, that's when the healing comes. Not with a therapist sitting in a room somewhere outside of the context of dealing with the real emotion. Now that's all important and that all helps. But you're not going to get truly set free till you get on the horse again, till you get up again. So you step out again and confront those difficulties and confront those feelings, confront those fears and go, I'm not going to let you hold me back from the future that God has for me. I may have gone down once. I may have gone down twice. I may have gone down three times, but I'm getting up again in Jesus' name. I cannot be stopped in Jesus Christ. Isaiah 43, and I'll finish with this. Do not be afraid. This is a message to some of you here today. Do not live by fear. I've redeemed you. I've called you. You are mine. You are mine. When you're in over your head, and you've been there, (laughs) in over your head, Holding up a straw to get in. I'll be there. Wow. I'll be there. When you're in rough waters, you you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it will not be a dead end for you. Because I am God. Because I am God. Your, I love this, your personal God. Everybody's God. But is He your God? Is He your Saviour? Is He your Rescuer? Is He your strength in the time of challenge? Is He your comforter in times of distress? Your personal God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. I paid a huge price for you. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. I'll set the whole world, I'll sell off the whole world to get you back. I trade the whole of creation just for you. Let's stand here this morning. Confidence comes from knowing. That Jesus Christ is never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. That He's going to be there in the highs and the lows. And He's going to bring you through no matter what. I just want to, I want to open up the altar here today. And I want to ask if you're feeling, maybe you're feeling like God's calling you to step out. To to just go to a whole nother level. To leave some things behind. Maybe it's friendships, familiar friendships, but you know they're holding you back from what God is calling you to. And you're going, you know what? I have to leave them behind. I've got to step out into the unknown, into the unfamiliar. Maybe you feel like God's just calling you to a whole other level of ministry, of leadership, of, of 
dedication to Him and His purposes and His plans. Today's the day for you to go, Lord, I hear and I acknowledge, I step out of my seat and I'm going to just come down the front as a sign of my commitment to go on that path. Or maybe, just maybe you have stepped out before. Maybe you've been involved in church, church leadership. Maybe you've been involved in a business or you've taken a chance, you've stepped out and it hasn't worked out the way you'd hoped and you're still dealing with the after effects of that. I want you to say, God, I'm getting up again. I'm stepping out again. I'm going to believe you again. Let Him fill you afresh with new vision. Let the healing process begin here today. So just as we are going to worship here, if that's you, just come out of your seat right now. Just come and stand down the front here right now. You feel like God's calling you to another level. Come out the front. Another level, another challenge. Out of the comfort zone, out of the familiar, into a new place, into a promised land. Or maybe you have stepped out before and it didn't work out. I want you to step out of your seat right now and come down the front and let God bring healing into your life and into your world in Jesus' name. That's it. Just come out of your seat. Just come and stand down here. This is your moment with God. Your personal God is here right now. And He wants to meet with you. And He wants to talk to you. And He wants to put His arms around you. And He wants to embrace you. And He wants to pray for you. And He wants to encourage you right here. So step out of your seat. Come down the front and meet with Jesus right here this morning. Thank you, God. Why don't you just sing that song? Do not hesitate. Do not fight it. Go with it. Go with Jesus. Beginning. Yeah.